0: Hey, welcome to Straight Outta Content, episode three.
1: Episode three.
0: Yeah, yeah
1: boy. Yeah, boy.
0: <laughs> <laughs> hey, I'm your host, James Crignell.
1: I'm Darian Lusk.
0: And uh, we have an amazing show for you. We have Shane Farrow, who is a former. Reporter at Business Insider and She's Huffington Post. turned lawyer? Turned lawyer. Find, she, find
1: out later she, on in our episode.
0: She decided to go... Do go an, her own way. Go her own way, as a poet once said. A
1: uh, poet by the name of... <laughs> Stevie Nicks. Li- yeah. <laughs> so, Was it um, Lindsay Buckingham? Did he write that? Uh, we'll get back to you on <laughs> album credits for Rumors, uh, but... We also, um, to start off our show, we, we, we want to talk about, so the drink of the summer, it's sort of captured all our hearts, LaCroix sparkling water, uh, it's everywhere right now, so hot.
0: Yeah, I mean, Williamsburg's Whole Foods like has an entire wall, maybe two walls, how many walls, Darian?
1: Too many walls.
0: Too many walls. Like they just like have like boxes on boxes on boxes of LaCroix, LaCroix. at their newly opened store.
1: And and no one knows about this love better than uh YouTuber Rakeem. Uh play the clip, James.
2: Cran raspberry is two flavors in one can. Oh, he must be the man. Oh, he must be Peter Pan. Green, just like that lime can. I know it's only carbonated water. Sometimes I wish I was Beyonce's daughter.
3: I know it's only carbonated water. Sometimes I wish I was Beyonce's daughter. Blue Ivy.
2: Blue Ivy. Blue Ivy. Blue Ivy. Blue Ivy. Blue. Blue. Blue Blue Ivy. Blue Ivy. L-A-C-R-O-I-X.
0: L-A-C-R-O-I-X.
1: It's the hottest track right now.
0: It's the hot track of the summer.
1: So... uh, Get out of the
0: way, Drake. Yeah. It's Rakeem's turn. Get
1: out of the way... Julian Lennon, (laughs) this isn't your summer. So we actually, we have Rakeem here. We have Rakeem uh, on
0: the line right now.
1: And we're going to talk to him about uh, what inspired him to write this fire track.
0: Welcome to the show, Rakeem. Hello. Thank you so much
1: for joining us. It's
0: great to talk to you. Thanks for having me. It's it's our pleasure. And your song has become like sort of the song of the summer amongst uh, LaCroix fanatics. Yeah, we were just a, curious like how how it all came together, like what was the inspiration for um, you to well, sing this to pen this tribute. Let's get the backstory.
2: <laughs> I was like trying to do a video every week on YouTube and um I was like running out of ideas. I was like, What do I do? What do I do? And I was sitting in my friend's apartment drinking a LaCroix and I was already like obsessed <laughs> with the water. And I was like, Which you know what? I'm a, I don't. I like them all, really. I really do. Um, but if I had to choose, probably like passion fruit or pamplemousse. Mm.
3: Um,
0: big ones. Those are so, great summer flavors too. Yeah. So, so you were I, drinking um, Lacroix, and you were like, "Wait I was a drinking sec." <laughs>
2: <laughs> we maybe I was I like Wait a sec. <laughs> I felt joyful. <laughs> <laughs> no, um,
3: I was. Yeah, I
2: was writing, and I was like, and I usually call it Lacroix, and I was like, um when you're sipping on LaCroix, you know you are a star, something like that. And then I was like, wait, I should make sure I'm pronouncing it right. And I looked on their website and I was like, oh, it's actually LaCroix. And I was like, oh, let's start over. And I was like, oh, this works better anyways. And so Sipping on LaCroix was born. And then I filmed it by myself and everything.
3: The beat for the song? Because it's, it's fire. I did. The beat is fire.
2: I did everything, you know. Ugh. It's I wrote great. it I mean, and then I picked yeah. the beat.
0: Nice. When did you start noticing that it had gone viral? That like news organizations were picking up on your Lacroix song and music video.
2: I um I saw it like jump like a couple of so I was like, oh, people are, you know, actually liking it. But I was still wasn't thinking it was going to go viral. But then some, like, one of my friends posted on my timeline and was like, hey, you're in Paper Mag. With the, and I was like, oh my God. And then I looked online and it was like jumping like 10,000 a day. And I was like, wow, this is amazing. And people were calling me here in Portland saying, you're in Portland, right? We want you to perform it here. We want you to do this, yada, yada, yada. And I was like, absolutely. And so, I, and then LaCroix, you know, contacted me after it went viral.
0: Yeah, I noticed. That they, I saw that. Like, do so you, you performed for their employees?
2: Yeah, I don't know if it was their ad agency, but I assume because they <laughs> hired me, um, and then they called me and gave me like a thousand pounds of Lacroix. <laughs> amazing, a thousand pounds. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad they me-
3: I'm glad they measured it that way and not by cans. <laughs>
2: I- <laughs> yeah, it's um, like three cases of each flavor
0: amazing where do you get it where Where do you purchase your um LaCroix because like it's sort of it's a little trickier in New York to get it I think it, they have it at the um, Whole Foods I think they might have it at
2: Target yeah. um yeah usually yeah. Whole Foods New Seasons Fred Meyer Safeway
3: mm-hmm.
0: oh, oh you got the New Seasons out there that's right
3: the the Whole Foods Rakim in, in Williamsburg in Brooklyn actually is is pretty well known this summer because they have a, a whole wall of LaCroix so
0: uh, also if you're ever in also, New York. Also a LaCroix cake. I don't know look I don't know if you had well, seen that uh Rakim, The the I, I guess like the No? I haven't seen it, no. No, I mean I'm trying to think of how that would work if it's kind of like almost like a jello based kind of like cake. You know, they just kind of
3: I'm not sure if it's flavored <laughs> like LaCroix, but it's definitely the heart's in it. Yeah, yeah. They put their heart into it for sure.
0: We gotta test it out, Darian. To see how it, yeah.
2: If if it Next tastes like Lacroix. Is it just like an cake? ongoing cake, like flavor There's, that they have? Yeah, like somebody
0: sell? some somebody had posted pictures of it at the Williamsburg Whole Foods. There was like a whole wall of every single flavor. I think except for passion fruit. Passion fruit is sort of like a rare Pokemon <laughs> of um, Lacroix <laughs> flavors. It's hard to find it. And I guess, like, they decided to take advantage of its popularity by also turning it into a uh, pastry. And there's, like, LaCroix cupcakes I saw. I don't, I don't know if it, right. how easy it is to <laughs> take the sparkling water flavor and adapt it into a pastry. But So, I mean, had you been into sparkling water, before, like, pr- previously? Like, I mean, when? how did you kind of yeah? i like, for it?
2: I've always been a sparkling water fan. Um mm. But I didn't really know about LaCroix until I moved to Portland. And so it's definitely sort job... of a
0: it's it's pretty hip out there in the Pacific yeah. Northwest.
2: Mhm. My old job had it on tap pretty much. They would like order cases of it, and I was like, "What's this?" And I tried it, and I was like, "Well, this is all me. I'm drinking this forever." <laughs>
0: so. <laughs> and so, yeah, and I like that of... you don't you you don't have any like do you have is there like what, certain flavors that you're kind of like ooh this is a little too weird or. Or did you – because don't they have, like, a – they they have, like, a different blend of LaCroix, right? They have, like, regular flavor, and then they have some sort of mixer. Like, do you know what I'm talking about?
2: Yeah, it's, like, a curated, curated flavor or something like that.
0: Curated um, flavor, yeah. I like
2: those, too. I like those, too. Um, I haven't you don't tried, discriminate. I don't. I don't. Um, I did try a coconut once for the first time, and everyone was skeptical about it, saying, like, you shouldn't try that one. It's not the best one. But I didn't, like, dislike it, but I probably wouldn't, you know choose it over something else
0: coconut is actually one of my favorites i, I really like that one. Um, yeah i think that's that's pretty it's, popular yeah. in in brooklyn oh really would you would you say Darian?
3: yeah it's a lounge drink you know it's okay. a lounge drink it's, you know, it's, it's, you know it's, it's a sign of opulence <laughs> you're in the backyard sure. bar yeah <laughs> if you decide I to go it's like kind of, <laughs> yeah. a croix yeah i it's night. it's kind of wrote. It's kind of rote, but I think I would go grapefruit. I think it's just it's just a very oh good
0: yeah, pamplemousse, pamplemousse.
3: Yeah,
0: uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. That oh, seems man, to be so, America's it's choice.
3: Of, it's sort of the drink of the summer, right, Rakeen? Like I feel like it it's, is, and I I think you sort of captured that moment so elegantly.
2: Yeah, it it uh, worked out so well that the popularity grew with um, grew right in time for the song. Um, I had seen some articles like months ago about it.
0: Oh, because you had originally didn't... written. When did I you originally it for, like? Like recording? four
2: months ago, mm-hmm. like four months ago in March.
0: Oh wow! So it was sort of a slow. Um, it was like a sleeper song. It just kind of. It was. Mm. It was. Because I've just started noticing like articles at the beginning of of August, just like blowing, you yeah, know, that's... popping up everywhere.
2: Yeah, yeah. They started said, writing like the about mag- the song in August, but there were some um, what, like articles, like the New York Times wrote about it. Wrote about Lacroix just in general.
3: They wrote something in 2015 that was letter of recommendation Lacroix sparkling water. Oh man, but oh, also can you talk? Can you talk about the eyebrows? Amazing. What gave you the inspiration to uh, make Lacroix eyebrows for this video?
2: I usually perform here in Portland on some weekends. And that's a part of my aesthetic. And so sometimes I'll have like Star Patch Kids eyebrows or LaCroix eyebrows. And I figured if the video was to go viral, no one would you know, think to do that and would really love that. So I was like, let's do some LaCroix eyebrows. And it was a different element to it. And it just brought some attention. So I was like, I was filming it in my friend's backyard and the neighbors were just, (laughs) the song I wrote.
0: How do you think, like, do you think, like, um, I mean, my question is sort of, like, I feel like a lot of people's taste, you know, like, we're kind of like a a soda nation, you know, like, we're kind of hooked on Coca-Cola and Pepsi and, like, kind of sugar-saturated drinks. Do you think that, like, that's changing? Has sparkling water kind of broken through? Do you think this year or a little more people are choosing, like, healthier choices?
2: I do believe so. I think that, you know, like, the, the diets that are happening and the um, lifestyle switches like veganism and um, gluten free and all that. I feel like people are trying to do less sugar, and, but still love soda, and so LaCroix is like a great alternative, especially since it's sodium free and calorie free. Um, and so as I you mentioned like, in the in the song, <laughs> as I mentioned in the song. <laughs> um, so yeah, I do definitely think that because you know like the seasons and you know, all the supermarkets that are. Coming up, uh, that are healthier, so it's like whoever you know beats whoever to the punch to make healthy soda, is, you know, gonna get all the fame, I guess. Yeah,
3: do you have a vision for your next project or any anything down the pipeline
0: that you're thinking about?
2: Uh, I know now that you have
0: enough, you got enough LaCroix to like you know to keep your energy flowing, right?
2: <laughs> yeah, I yeah. think I might do another song, um, and do a skit with LaCroix, um, but nice. you don't have to. Check out my YouTube channel to see.
0: Just search R A K E E M on YouTube. Yeah,
2: on YouTube, yep. Or you can search also also drawing. you
0: also you're pretty active on Twitter too.
2: Yeah, yeah, Twitter and Instagram.
0: Okay, what's the and what's your all... insta? There, what's the same name?
2: It's the same name but with four e's. Twitter's R A K E E E E M. And Instagram is R-A-K-E-E-E-E-M.
3: Awesome, nice guys. Check out Rakim on all the social, and you you guys, you gotta listen to the track because it's it's this. I think it's the song of the summer. I, <laughs> I think know. it's fantastic.
0: It's, I mean, the music video is hilarious. Yeah. And what um, else could it be?
3: Cake by the ocean, no chance. <laughs> right.
2: I know. I was mad to be amazed and nominate me.
3: <laughs> yeah. Well, we'll see, right? I mean, anything could happen. Maybe you'll get yeah. a late nom.
2: <laughs> Maybe I missed um, the deadline. Maybe they're waiting until next yeah,
3: year. You'll to, yeah, you'll get it next year. Uh, well, Cream, it's really been, so been a, it's much. been a pleasure
0: to talk with you, and yeah. um, thank you for the opportunity to, to discuss your music video. And um, we, you know, I, I hope that more people taste the the joy of Lacroix, as you yeah, say. Uh,
2: the joy of Lacroix. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Cream.
0: <laughs> thank you. Have so a good much. one, man. You too.
2: Passion fruit, mango apricot looks to me like you hit the jackpot no artificial sweeteners no calories it tastes so good it's even sodium free sodium free i said it's sodium free
1: moving right along here uh we're gonna jump right in on a fan fave segment uh it's a staple of the show it's problematic the
0: on our first topic of the day, we have a hot one, out of control meme. Um, we'd like to figure out, you know, where we all stand on this. Yes, uh, this is Harambe fever.
1: Harambe fever has struck the nation. James, why don't you tell us, just in a sentence or so, what is the Harambe meme?
0: So Harambe is a gorilla at the Cincinnati Zoo that was uh, tragically. Shot because a child fell into the enclosure, and um, at first it was like a big outrage on the internet over in what, a Cecil
1: the Lion way. In a
0: Cecil the Lion kind of way, like, should the zoo have shot Harambe?
1: Then the tides turned and it became a meme of paying tribute to Harambe.
0: There's lots of memes about it, like joking about Harambe, there's lots of jokes, lots of like Bush did Harambe, like a lot of ironic, dark humor associated with it and it's getting the cincinnati zoo upset it was they shut
1: down all their social media
0: they shut down they, they de- deactivated their twitter account i believe their facebook is still going oh thank god but <laughs> um i don't know about their instagram i'll check on that yeah. but uh but they shut down their twitter because they got a lot of like snarky harambe joke tweets like they would make off-topic tweets about like this is happening at like six to eight and then somebody would joke Karambe was killed from six to eight. Between those times, Darian, do you think that they went? They overreact to this uh, this meme. I mean, was it just all in good fun from by the internet, or did you think the internet went too far in harassing the zoo about it?
1: The internet loves to go too far, you know. But this would have been a great opportunity for a zoo that suddenly got a lot of public exposure to get some to rack up their ticket sales. You know, if they if they made a really um, intricate Harambe tribute, you know, maybe like some, some chill wave lights and like a statue, you know, it could be like a huge attraction. Like who wouldn't want that photo at the zoo? So it feels like maybe, maybe instead of taking it too hard, they should be joining in on the fun.
0: They should like just loosen up a little bit on like all the, the mean jokes. I mean, it is sort of, I mean, they couldn't, I think the internet like will, they have their, their limit on like what they'll joke about. Well, not really, but (laughs) I
4: I think this is problematic because if it was a human that died, would we be making jokes about it? And the zoo obviously has some kind of emotional connection to this gorilla that they've been housing and caring for all these years. And now it's dead and everybody's just making jokes at them. I mean, I don't know. It seems a little insensitive to me. But that is the internet.
1: I think I think regardless of if you think the zoo is overreacted or not, I think we can all say that this meme is very very exhausting.
0: Deadspin explained that there's a difference between sharing your fantastic Arambe meme with the world and a hundred of you teaming up to yell at some poor communications officer at the Cincinnati Zoo. I mean, can you imagine working at the Cincinnati Zoo? Yeah, Just a, like that's
1: a tough shift. It's to a, a tough to, shift. Yeah. So leave that leave that dude alone.
0: So I'm I'm gonna say a problematic um, internet. Right. Yeah, come on. Come it's, on, guys. Let's, you know. It's
1: still R.I.P. around it. So, uh, next up.
0: Gawker's dead.
1: A, a giant has fallen.
0: There's a huge absence of content this week. Content that a lot of people, like, you know, trusted in and is beloved content. And also despised. It, you know, it wasn't all sunshine lollipops.
4: No, but we love to hate it. It's
0: yeah. either you love to hate it or... You just loved it.
4: Also, also... Or you hated
0: it. Much, I don't know. You or you, yeah, I mean, well, there's a few options. For sure. If, yeah. if you were part of the Gamergate crew, you really hated Gawker. Yeah.
1: Those dudes are awesome. So. <laughs> <laughs>
0: um, or, I mean, but not just them. I mean, like, there was lots of people who got picked on by Gawker.
1: But I think, like, that's a media outlet. Setting out to do that and then doing that is, like, that's their, that's their what that was their bag. Like, that's that's, like...
0: It's like a badge of honor to yeah. get picked on by Gawker.
1: Also, like, it's cool to be, like, it's cool that they just weren't, weren't like, tied to anything, could just, like, shit on people, and, like, I don't know, not that many media sites really do that in a good way where the writing's still good.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think that what was great about them is that they were fearless in, you know, like, reporting the truth, regardless of, like, who got hurt. But I didn't agree with all the posts that they made. I mean, I don't think they deserve to die. (laughs) They didn't deserve to be murdered over, like, one problematic post.
4: Yeah. Right, and the thing is, is that, like, even if you hated it, the fact that it just does not exist anymore is very problematic.
1: Yeah, it's it's sad for uh, freedom of speech type stuff. Definitely. And also, like, I don't know, didn't... I mean, way worse things have happened, like... Who who reported falsely about the Boston bombing? Was that the day? New York Post? New the York New, Post. New Post. The New York Post
0: had oh my god, right? They had the um. What did they say? Bagmen? Was that yeah. the, the head? They
4: picked up on some some things from social media from Reddit. From Reddit, they picked up these bagmen from Reddit, and then the New York Post went with it and basically called these guys the culprits yeah. and printed it. And it was a, a witch hunt yeah. that went on, and they even found the person.
1: And God knows, they're they're still throwing up those, those pun-tastic headlines to this day. So, I don't know. Anyway, uh, we, we will all say problematic.
0: I think what happened in that case was that the New York Post, you know, had, like, settled their lawsuit. They weren't, like, you know, they didn't have, like, a billionaire, like, you know. You're right. You're correct like, in saying that,
4: James. They didn't. You
0: know, that, like, wanted their destruction. If someone really hated the New York Post... Like, I'm sure they could probably find a way to... Yeah. And they had a billion dollars. They could kill it.
1: Well, philanthropists of America, <laughs> we ask you... <laughs> Please kill it. the airport. Yeah. Just kidding. No, we, Just we, kidding. we have fun. But, uh, so so. I think we could all say problematic. 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 Moving on.
4: All right. Let's move on to our next topic, and that is appropriating the word daddy. Uh, a Silicon Valley internet personality named Shane LeCane had a Twitter storm that got picked up about the word daddy and she attacked it and said, stop appropriating the word daddy.
0: And she says that this is actually part of a subculture that uses the word. And (laughs) like, it's not for straight people.
1: Uh, What do you think
0: Darian? Do you think she went too far? Like, was she in the right? She ended up deleting a lot of these tweets.
1: uh, I'll say that. I think that using, using the word daddy on occasion is Okay. Because it, what what separates a, that sort of appropriation from something like Yas Queen?
4: Exactly. But so, that,
1: yeah, but that being said, uh, so, people get abusive.
0: So it's like a highly sexualized way of identifying a male authority figure, in the words of Eve Pizer, who wrote the definitive uh, daddy uh, explainer piece on Gizmodo. And um, so, yeah, like, what typically happens on social media, like if a famous person tweets, somebody, like probably a teenager, will write... Uh, choke Me Daddy or something, you know, over-the-top offensive to the Pope, maybe. Or, I don't know, um, Kevin Costner on Twitter. Does he have a Twitter? I don't know. But, <laughs> like, if somebody, like, of fame, like, you know, tweets something, like, and some teen it's wants to get a rise. It's
1: a way rise. to spam uh, somebody's Twitter feed.
0: So, I mean, I will say that, like, it's it's all in good fun. Like, it's, you know, it's it's just a joke that people make on the internet. I don't think it's, like, I mean, I think it's cheap. Like, it's what, what Eve said. She says it cheapens the meaning of appropriation and takes the fun out of the daddy meme. Memes are fun. Memes are supposed to be, you know, all in good fun. And, I mean, we don't have to, like, censor ourselves every time we tweet, is Eve, right?
1: Is Eve saying the backlash is taking the fun out of it?
0: Um, no, she's saying that... Uh, Shanley is taking yeah. the fun out of it.
1: Shanley's the person who went on this Twitter rant. And uh, yeah, I think it's there's so many easier battles to pick on, on Twitter. And, but I will say that sometimes people get a little uh, out of control with, with, with calling, with using daddy. So an example I just quickly want to bring up is uh, Tony the Tiger. Uh, he's on Twitter uh, for, the, for the brand Frosted Flakes. And um, a lot of furries uh, tweeted at Tony after every single one of his tweets. They're it's, great.
0: And then there are people were like, F me, daddy.
1: <laughs> Tony tweeted uh, on January 27th this year, I'm all for showing your stripes, feathers, etc. But let's keep things great and family friendly if you could. Cubs could be watching. Smiley.
0: Wait, so so Tony the Tiger actually acknowledged this he meme acknowledged on, on Twitter.
1: And then Chester the Cheetah after um, so somebody added Chester Cheetah and said, But what would Chester Cheetah think of being called daddy by all his adoring fans?
0: And what did then, Chester say? Is Chester Chester sort of a uh, kind of a playboy He's a little bit uh, more
1: out loose. Yeah. He, keeps it loose. he responded I welcome all fans to my Twitter feed, scales, feathers, or fur. If you enjoy my tweets, then you're welcome.
0: Uh, that sounds like
1: Chester's uh, down with, with being called daddy.
0: I like how um, welcoming Chester Cheetah is, you know, and you know, I feel like Cheetos are more of, a, you know, it's a brand that everybody can love, daddies and mommies.
4: <laughs> what does that have to do with anything? <laughs> 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 all right, let's get back to this. Uh, I think that this is a non-issue. Non-ish. Non-ish. I don't even know if I want to say problematic or woke. We're
1: saying (laughs) (laughs) non-ish.
4: You know, it's America. It's a free country. You can say what you want. And if somebody wants to call someone else daddy, it's not my problem. It's not your problem.
1: Preach, daddy. (laughs) (laughs) Moving on. Uh, this is a great throwback clip that I'm so glad has resurfaced because of the A.V. Club.
0: Julia Stiles is a hacker on the 90s kids show Ghost Rider.
1: She basically is a computer hacker and it's, it's just it's just, perfect. it's just perfect.
4: How about letting me write about the hacker for the next issue? Do you know anything about hackers? Can you jam with the console cowboys in cyberspace? What? Ever read Neuromancer? Huh? Ever experience the new wave? Next wave? Dream wave? Or cyberpunk? I didn't think so. I'll handle the hacker stories. Yeah, I guess you should. We you learn about all this hacker stuff. In there. It's a world where you're judged by what you say and think, not by what you look like. A world where curiosity and imagination equals power.
5: We need more paper, let's go, people. Work with me here, work with me.
0: So what's so funny about this clip is that that's sort of what PBS thought that – PBS, I guess, or whoever the producers of Ghost Rider were, thought that teenagers – like, that was their lingo, or, like, that hackers were so poetic –
1: and, like dreamwave and <laughs> <laughs> I mean like Julie- Young Julius styles would honestly be great on Mr. Robot.
4: Let's go around problematic or woke.
0: I, I mean I think it's 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 woke in an ironic sense. I think
4: it is it's so woke. woke. It is so woke. I
1: think this I think this clip is going to do really well. Someone needs to like tweet it uh with like some sort of a pithy caption. I bet it would get
4: yeah, it, also, it just also shows us how far along we've come. Like, this is what we used to think hacking was. And now, compared to, like, Mr. Robot, so f- sophisticated.
0: We realize nothing has changed.
4: <laughs> yes. Yeah.
0: Right, now it's like, uh, who's the Russian, or the guy that ended up in Russia? Ed, uh, oh, Snowden. It's Edward Snowden. Ed, Ed, Edward Indeed. Snowden is sort of like Julia
4: Stiles is like the young Edward Snowden. <laughs> a young
0: Edward Snowden. I mean, would Edward Snowden would have been... I mean, I don't know what his personality is like. He seems... I don't know. Would you get a beer with Edward Snowden? No. Darian?
1: Um, I'd take a shot and then leave. <laughs>
0: <laughs> take a... Uh, r- um, what's the uh, Big Lebowski drink? The, uh, the, white oh, the White Russian? White Russian. Get white Russian. I'd, you just get a White Russian. I'd drink
1: a LaCroix with Snowden.
0: Oh, we should... Oh. oh. <laughs> I TV wonder... TV. I, <laughs> if I ever had the opportunity to interview Edward Snowden, yeah... Top LaCroix flavor would be like, I think that would be a good question. I mean, like, compliments? I don't yeah. even
4: think he would answer is that. LaCroix, that is
0: LaCroix available in Russia? Yeah. Like, can you. And also,
4: like,
1: do you consider yourself guilty? No. <laughs> 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 uh, so let's move on. Um, our next topic is, uh, oh, we're just in Meme City right now because it's about. It's a hot one. It's a hot one, dude. <laughs> <laughs>
0: So, um, this, this year, actually it's, it's kind of been like a slow burn meme, right? Like it, it's like, it didn't like all of a sudden happen. you
1: say a smooth burn? It
0: was a smooth burn. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, Smooth by, uh, Rob Thomas, uh, Santana featuring Rob Thomas, uh, was a song off the hit album Supernatural in, uh, 1999, right? It was a different world. Right, back then, yeah.
4: 1999.
0: Pre-9-11. Yeah. It was pre-9/11. pre-9-11. Napster Fever was was going on around this time. Yeah,
4: quickly. Um, this uh, is during Flip Phone era. Pre, flip phone.
0: Pre-Heya. pre Heya had not been released pre- publicly released. Pre-Bush this, uh,
1: 2, post-Bush pre-Bush Bush 1. one. <laughs> um, so, anyway, this song is just blowing up on um, Twitter. This this season, a All Star by Smash Mouth, and I think partly because it's, so hot at the Olympics, right? In Rio, they love smooth.
0: Yeah, actually, uh, who was the uh, Olympian who uh, marched to this? Darian? Do you remember where? What- no. <laughs> okay, it was, it was a horse <laughs> doing dressage yes. to smooth. A
4: uh, uh, jockey
1: was- and his horse performed a dressage dance to smooth.
4: Long story short, it revived the Rob Thomas Santana classic. Wow.
1: And it's a great clip. If, if you ever want to see a horse... Elegantly trot to the stylings
0: of... <laughs> it's become a BuzzFeed quiz, a, a failed Kickstarter. This is kind of fascinating. There was a smooth Kickstarter campaign. Somebody was trying to organize a festival dedicated to smooth. Just like a whole... Like, s- s- smooth Fest? Is that what it would have been? It's
1: the next panorama.
0: <laughs> SmoothCon. Oh, my bad. SmoothCon 2016, um, unfortunately, did not get funded, sadly. Ah. But, um, <laughs> come on, guys.
1: Uh, but I think we can all comfortably say smooth is woke.
0: Um, Yeah, I'll, say, I'll definitely say woke. We'd like to um, revisit this uh, website uh, that has kind of stayed frozen in time.
4: Stolen our hearts.
0: Stolen our hearts. Similar to the Space Jam website, which also hasn't been updated.
1: I think this is my favorite website. <laughs>
0: So, uh, so yeah. we're talking about Brendan Fraser's official website. It's
4: brendanfraser.com.
0: brendanfraser.com. Uh, so, let's pop it up, Darian. Yeah. All right, what, what's going on on this website? We so,
1: so the first thing that you see
0: <laughs> is it's
1: sort of like a pastiche of images. It sort of looks like a spy dossier. And you get two, chances. You get two choices. You can have a flash-enhanced high bandwidth site or traditional HTML low bandwidth site. And then at the bottom it says flash 7 required. And it lets you download Flash.
0: So, And then you have this, uh, it's here. (laughs) Welcome to com. Greetings, netizens.
4: While there may be many in my name, this is the website that Brendan Fraser and his hip friends built.
0: (laughs) (laughs) A haven for any leftover creative energy and maybe a factoid. Or kudos for you. Enjoy. Yours is enlightenment. Brendan. P.S. Updates as per not too busy? Yeah. Smiley
4: face?
1: Smiley face. So this this site has not been updated in a solid decade. Um, it is just wild like rife with gems. Um, <laughs> let's
4: give, right, let's so give a little sample. Go. Yeah, let's give a little sample. One of, one of my favorite
1: things on the site is under curiosities. Um, you can click this small photo in the top left of the frame and it Brings you to uh, Brendan's Accidental Self-Portrait. Um, and it says, to set Brendan's self-portrait as your desktop, click one of the screen sizes below. When the picture opens, follow the instructions. So basically, it gives you the photo and and all it's the classic. instructions to make it your desktop photo. <laughs> For Mac OS X users, option Wait. Click from the links below. It will be sent to your download folder from the Finder. Like it just gives you every
4: instruction. Wait,
0: is this a fo- is this a photo that you would want as your desktop photo?
4: Right. It's I an artistic it. rendition of Brendan Fraser taking a photo of himself. Oh, is he is, is he
0: taking a selfie?
4: That's an accidental selfie. Accidental, accidental selfie. selfie. Yes.
0: circa circa two thousand five. That Bef- is yeah. Pre selfie, like as a word.
1: Yes. Uh, the site also has his his full uh, filmography. Uh, it's it has
0: bookmarks.
4: Let's check out bookmarks.
0: What's in bookmarks? What is what is his what is Brendan Fraser's bookmarks?
4: Oh. 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 Google. What is this? Wow. Salon? He's still reading Salon? back to his time.
0: Salon is back on S- Brendan Fraser.com. TBT, com. Salon. Uh, I
4: mean,
0: Shockwave, the website? The thing
4: that's great about this is...
0: Oh, uh, we can play games on Shockwave. R-
1: Brendan Fraser clearly wrote it.
0: Google just <laughs> Google just because. Yeah. You know, just because. Just
4: because. <laughs> like, he had to link us to Google. <laughs> that's how old his website is. Wait, wait,
0: wait, is. wait. What is, um... Uh... Is this a craft site? Bleeding-edge experimentation in web kinetics and interaction? All right. Just move your mouse. (laughs) Well, I'm glad that Brendan Fraser had a lot of fun with the internet in 2005. Because, I mean, what else is on here? We got an
4: announcement from 2005. It's a photographic exhibition in New Orleans.
0: You know, I didn't realize that Brendan Fraser was an artist. Like, he's like a photographer. I mean, this website is art. So, yeah, <laughs> it's
1: art. Uh, like it, it's beautiful. Anyway, guys, you got to check is. out brendanfrazier.com. Oh, yeah. Very woke.
4: It's, well, it's woke. woke. <laughs> All right. Now to my favorite segment called Sausage Fest, in which I call out the male patriarchy in media. So let's talk about the Olympics. It's over now. It's a distant memory. A lot of great things happened. A lot of record-breaking women um, it's not a
0: distant memory for Ryan Lockheed.
4: <laughs> no. Let's talk about how women were covered in the Olympics. You know, the most famous thing, I think I'm only going to bring up one thing, is that the headline, which was in written by the Associated Press, um, Phelps ties for silver in 100 fly. And right below it, it says, in smaller print, Ledecky sets a world record for it in women's 800 freestyle. Michael Phelps got a silver, got top billing. Katie Ledecky breaks a record with a gold, and she gets second billing.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think that the problem lies in the sports newsroom. I think it's sort of a sausage fest at many sports newsrooms.
4: There's a great article in Pointer that talks about the lack of newsroom diversity. And here are some things that jumped out at me on this. Is that, like, even though... Uh, 45% of the athletes in Rio are female. Only 21% of the press covering the Olympics are women. That's problem number one. Um, Problem number two is that women's sports just don't get a lot of coverage, period. So when people are covering these events, they're, they're covering for the first time. They don't even know what to say because they just don't have experience in that field. And another thing I just want to pull out from the Cambridge University Press that analyzed words associated with men and women in sports. These are the words that are associated with men. Fastest, strong, great, or big. And these are the associated words with women. Aged, older, pregnant, married, or unmarried. I mean, come on, let's get it together.
0: And there was actually a lot of uh, cringeworthy sexist commentary uh, during the Rio Olympics.
1: They might as well be standing in the middle of a mall.
4: And there's the guy responsible for turning Katika Hotsu, his wife, into a whole different swimmer.
1: She's doing the emotion for both of them, really, isn't it? He? He's looking at her
0: going, What's for tea? I just feel like there was a problem throughout, you know, the entire Olympics and like how like, announcers like, discussed uh, different individual competitors um, that was, you know, not, like, in the way that they would discuss a male competitor. Um, There was a debate about whether one of the hurdlers uh, got breast implants. (laughs) Has Australian hurdler Michelle Jenke gotten a boob job? Um, The Daily Mail says boob job for sure.
4: Well, I mean, you know, all we need to do is just keep reminding people that are in higher positions and, and in these newsrooms that diversity counts and it matters. And these kind of flubs show us what happens when you don't have that kind of diversity. Moving stay, on. Stay woke fam. So, <laughs> stay, stay woke. Stay Hopefully woke in
0: the next four years, uh, there'll be more uh, attention given to, you know, the broadcasts and yeah. whether they're yeah. being gender equal. And I hope that uh, Ryan Lockheed has brought to justice. Coming right up on the program, we have uh, Shane Farrow, who wrote a really thoughtful piece about what it's like to work in online media. She wrote an article for Medium that became like a really highly shared sort of personal narrative about what, what her time was like at Business Insider. And it seems like what her article encapsulates is the pressure that a lot of young online writers experience when they have to write six to nine posts a day, they'll see something in the New York Times and then have to write a quick thirty minute like turnaround on what they've just read, give it a sexy headline. She's here with us now. Welcome to the program. Hi. Hey Shane. What your medium post emphasized was that like while there's a lot of people that, you know, can juggle that much, <laughs> you know, in a day, like just sort of just kinda like like see an article, you know, aggregate it move on to the next thing you know just doing it, it's like so quick like that is really i mean is that sort of like what journalism is now like online news journalism or like the ones that people read
5: yeah and i mean i think a lot of my last two jobs even even a little bit of my job at writers um mm-hmm. ha- has really been to like write about a topic turn around as quickly as possible move on to the next thing might be totally different and like not even in the same realm and sort of be on and ready with context and facts about this new topic, uh, which is something that I really struggle with kind of switching back and forth uh, and, I, and I need like a substantial break to kind of let what I've learned and what I've done in the previous topic kind of seep into my mind.
0: Were you sort of thrown into it? I mean, did you did you actually meet Joe Weisenthal or... Like I was sort of thinking, like, is the BI orientation experience like you meet Joe and like he's like, this is what I do? No, I don't. Well, I don't.
5: Yeah. Well, I I knew Joe from like previously uh, before I started, but but a, the BI newsroom is kind of like a lot of digital newsrooms where it's just like long rows of desks. Um, and so I don't know. I think I had like an hour long HR orientation meeting and then. Like, the, the next hour, I was writing my first post, you
0: know? Initially, did you realize that, m- how much they were going to want from you? How many posts um, turned out every day? Sort
5: of. I, I mean, like, I sort of went to BI. Like, I, I sort of criticized the BI kind of way of pushing people to write as much as humanly possible in one day. Uh, but, like, I knew that going in. And so... So it's not like, oh, my gosh, this is so unfair. Like, I wanted to see if I practiced, if I could become good at it. Turns mm-hmm. out the answer is no. But, mm-hmm. um, like, I did specifically go there because I knew that this was what something they would expect of me. And I knew that I was kind of a weakness in my skill. And mm-hmm. I, wanted to, I wanted to see if I being sort of pushed harder to right. produce more, whether I could do it.
0: Like, did you initially kind of go into it really optimistic? Like, all right, I can do this. I can write five, six articles a day. Um, And then just like as time went on, you just kind of got
5: stuck in the crush. I mean, I had had two journalism jobs before that. I worked at Reuters and then I was actually, I was also a journalist before I worked at Reuters. Um, And and in both jobs, I kind of went in not really knowing what I was doing. And I had like a first couple of months where I was learning and there was sort of this terrible moment where I was crying in the bathroom. Literally every job I cried in the bathroom at some point.
4: <laughs> wow.
0: Um,
5: mm. But then I kind of like figured it out and got pretty good at it by the time I left. And this is that's kind of how I expected uh, my job to get it to go. And then and I just kind of like never got past that point where I felt like I was overwhelmed and I couldn't do it. Right. Um, I know that, like after I wrote that post, um I got a lot of private messages from other people who felt like who said they were feeling the same way um which was encouraging because like some of them were my former colleagues who I thought were so much better at it than I was, um and some of them were at different publications, which has sort of similar uh expectations of their writers,
0: right. I mean, is it possible that like um, you could do less? Like, if you had one story that went viral, like if, like you had a story that wound up on the front page of Reddit, or I, I don't know. Yeah. Like, like you're like okay, um, well, that's it for today. Or <laughs> um, I mean, because it seems like of. something that you were really. Um,
5: yeah. Well, this is about. my other problem is that I'm like not very good at viral content. I like my uh, knowledge and skill set is like complicated abstract ideas like I really like finance and economy stuff which doesn't go viral
0: so you really kind of wanted to get into like the nitty-gritty as opposed to like having to dumb things down for a mass audience would you say yeah okay um
5: which is something that is encouraged at a lot of financial publications it was encouraged at Reuters it was encouraged um you know if you work for the Wall Street Journal or the FT that is certainly something that they expect of you. Um and, and I just kind of hadn't thought it through that yeah, I was different because they relied on traffic,
0: you know? Right. Um, the click game that you described. <laughs> How different was the Huffington post than the than Business Insider? Like was it uh, a similar experience in terms of like what their expectations were for traffic or
5: no, I, I never was Told that I had expectations for traffic um, I I could see my traffic which was different than like writers you don't even like know what your traffic is but mm-hmm. uh, like another thing in post it was sort of built upon the traffic model and so those tools were there but they had kind of passed that point where they expected all of their writers to kind of work for traffic um, and like I, I was very much encouraged to you know write things quickly but also like do the reporting, and like we had standard, a standards editor, and we had like a lot of copy editors who were, you know, so, they would read your post and be like, you're too thin. You should call another person. You should call a couple more people." Like, uh, it was much more um, like a traditional news outlet. You know, I wrote I wrote once a day, and that was totally fine.
0: Oh, but that, that took the weight off your shoulders quite a bit.
5: Um, yeah, like. I I really feel like the Huffington Post was like going to a spa after like being if, if you were like I don't know like trying to swim in the ocean with like really rough surf and eye right. like you're just like floating in a like very relaxing pool at the Huffington
0: Post. And you had a sleep room. You could you could whenever you needed to take a nap, you could you could slip into yeah.
5: the sleep room. Exactly
0: you decided to take a quick like a, a, a big shift in your career uh how long did it like were you thinking about it like when you decided to move on from journalism and and go into law uh
5: so i've been thinking about it for a couple of years this was actually always my plan uh but then when i when i worked at reuters uh and in the sort of digital part of reuters i really kind of like fell in love with my job and kind of decided not to go to law school and to really focus on journalism as a career um, because I loved what I was doing so much. And then uh, when uh, uh, there were layoffs and, like, a bunch of things happened and I found myself then looking for a new job and finding myself at BI. and then it was like a year after that, I was like, oh, wait a second, like, there's I realized that kind of the always more content like writing as fast as you can kind of model is where journalism is going, unless you are very, very lucky. Mm -hmm. Um, And that didn't appeal to me. So I kind of went back to my original plan of going to law school and shifting careers.
0: Well, Shane, I really appreciate you getting to talk to us on our podcast. And I, I hope that you I wish you the best of luck with law school. And I hope. It's a, a great experience for you. I mean, you said you're still going to be tweeting, though.
5: Yes. Uh, yes, I'm uh, live tweeting the law school experience if anyone's interested, uh, and continuing to tweet about uh, capital T, capital M, the media.
0: <laughs> and you can follow Shane at at Shane Farrow, Right. That's that's.
5: Uh... Yes, yeah, that's correct.
0: Okay. Cool. I know, I always am jealous of the people that have the app, just like the one name, uh, Twitter handle. Yeah, oh yeah. Like,
5: I don't know who has at Shane. But it's, is it a guy? I, I don't know. I, it is a guy. I don't, I really know who it is though. And it's okay. I'll <laughs> survive with my full name. Okay.
0: Well, maybe someday we'll see you at at Shane or he decides to like sell it to you or something. I don't know. But um, I, I, again, I appreciate you uh, talking with us and uh, thank you for sharing your experiences at, at Business Insider. Thanks a so
5: lot. Thanks Shane. Have a
0: nice day. You too.
1: So, thanks everybody for tuning in, you know. We get emotional around this time because it's, it's the end.
0: It's the end of the show. Yeah.
4: We're going to miss you guys so much.
0: Yeah. You know, it's it's coming to the end of the summer. You know, like, the summer of content. It's uh, it's coming to a close, Darian.
4: It's our last episode of summer.
0: Last episode for the summer. It's
1: really, Do you guys
4: feel uh, like you did what you wanted this summer?
0: No. <laughs> I mean, I went to the beach a few times. Like, I mean, did you, like, read enough content on the internet this summer, or... Were you on a yacht this summer?
1: I definitely got—I definitely stepped foot on a few boats. Um, <laughs> I was really just into like the aesthetic of yachting in a big way, like just boat culture and the music and the music for
0: sure. Yacht rock, yacht rock. Uh, Darian put together a yacht rock 2016 playlist, uh, which is publicly accessible if you're on uh, Spotify. Just look up—was uh, it yacht rock summer?
1: Yeah, check it out, guys. <laughs> Uh, yeah, no, it was a good summer. A lot know? of Pablo
0: Cruz on there.
1: Oh my God. <laughs> Just trying to be cool. You know, I've lived in New York for a yeah. year now, so that's good. Uh,
0: do you know what we didn't do Happy this anniversary. summer? Happy anniversary. Thank you guys. You know what's something we didn't accomplish this summer yet is, um, getting Kiki D verified. Oh, We Kiki. still, we still, you know, Kiki D, the, okay, so this summer was actually the 40th anniversary of, uh, Don't Go Breaking My Heart, number one on the charts, and And number uh, one in our hearts and number one in our hearts i mean (laughs) it's definitely um like the weather.com like choice of karaoke song
1: kiki d who's the female voice on the track is not twitter verified so please hashtag
0: get kiki verified get kiki verified this summer
4: she deserves it you guys good feel good i had a great week i went to a wedding this weekend yeah which was fantastic there was a lot of great content to come out of it. A lot of great photos of me in makeup and hair. Ooh.
0: <laughs> it wasn't a themed one because I know you went to a wedding where you dressed up like in a, like a, was it, a 90s throwback?
4: Oh, that was the bachelorette party. Oh, that we was did a bachelorette. A, We did a JCPenney's TBT 1990s uh, <laughs> photo shoot.
0: And there was like the old school, like, uh, photo burn-in that was, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that was on the
4: the J. C. The JCPenney logo.
0: JCPenney logo. Um, it was very fun. Have I, I haven't been to a J.C. in a while, Darian? Have you like? Not hour? I mean, ever since they got rid of Wi-Fi in the store, Um yeah. You know, like I mean, I was. <laughs> that that was a big turning point for me.
1: Yeah, I mean, they have all your back-to-school styles at an affordable price.
0: Yeah, I mean, after they stopped, they still have Jinko jeans. I mean, because I that was my go-to Jinko jeans it's destination. Jinko's coming back.
4: It has to, eventually. Yeah, I mean, Everything
1: comes back eventually. Uh,
2: Except for <laughs> Dad.
1: <laughs> JK. Uh, JK.
0: Thanks, everybody, for
1: listening. Uh, we love you.
4: And we'll see you in the fall. And we'll see you in the fall.
0: That's all for Straight of Consens. Yeah, boy! Hashtag Get Kiki Verified.